The Terrible Two, Chapter 10 At lunch, Niles showed Miles the cafeteria. Here's where we get our trays, said Niles, and there's where we get our food, from a lunch lady, which is a lady that serves our lunch. Right, said Miles. I get it. And then over there are the tables. You might not know where to sit since it's your first day, so you should probably sit with me. Miles decided it was important to sit as far from Niles as possible. Miles picked up a tray, which was soon loaded with turkey chili, tomato soup, macaroni and cheese, and a milk. Niles did the same. This all looks great, Mr. Conlon, Niles said to the lunch lady, and I'd like for you to meet the newest student at Yawnee Valley Science and Letters Academy. His name is Miles. The lunch lady looked around and then leaned in close. Well, a friend of Niles can have two milks. She placed another carton on Miles' tray. Extra milk. The first good thing to come from being Niles's buddy. Miles picked up his tray, turned around, and found himself face to face with Josh Barkin. My dad thinks you're the one who moved his car, Nimbus, said Josh. Okay, said Miles. That's going to be my car one day, said Josh. Okay, said Miles. So basically, you moved my car, you Nimbus. But I didn't, said Miles. And you embarrassed my dad and the Barkin family name, so basically you embarrassed my name, and that's why I'm going to beat you up. To preserve the honor of my name, and to avenge my future car, so I'll probably beat you up twice, once for each. Well, I don't think your dad will like that, Miles said. Oh, I'm not going to beat you up at school, said Josh. That would be against the rules, and I'm going to be principal here one day. But you know what, Miles Murphy? There's no school rule against beating you up on the sidewalk in front of your house, or behind the gas station, or in a pasture. I will think of other places, too. Places where nobody will catch me. There are so many places where I can beat you up besides school, Miles Murphy, and nobody will ever know, except for me. And you. There was only one thing to do. Miles tilted his tray and spilled his lunch all over the front of his own clothes. Now he was covered in turkey chili, tomato soup, and macaroni and cheese. What the? said Josh. Why did you do that? Miles cried out. Why did you do that to me? The kids in the cafeteria heard the commotion and turned to see Miles covered in food. They pointed. They laughed. The room went wild. What is going on here? Miss Shandy walked up to Miles and Josh. She stared at the stains on Miles' shirt. Josh came up and just knocked my lunch tray right out of my hands, said Miles. Miss Shandy looked at Josh. I didn't, said Josh. That Nimbus spilled it all over himself. Why would I spill food on myself, asked Miles. I don't know, said Josh, because you're a maniac. Miss Shandy, I never break the rules. You know that. Miss Shandy looked from Miles to Josh. I think I can help, Miss Shandy. I saw everything. It was Niles. Thank you, Niles, Miss Shandy said. What happened here? Yeah, Niles, said Josh. What happened here? Niles, said Miles. Josh walked right up to Miles and knocked the tray out of his hands, said Niles. It was just like Miles said. Josh was shocked. Miles was shocked. Miss Shandy smiled. She had been waiting for this day for a long time. Lots of teachers had. Come on, Mr. Barkin. We're going to see Principal Barkin. She led Josh out toward the principal's office. Everyone in the lunchroom watched them leave. Why'd you do that, Miles asked. Josh made me swallow a rock over the summer. Twice. Well, thanks, said Miles. Here's your milk, said Niles, picking the cartons up off the floor. They didn't break.
Chapter 11, Judy Murphy flopped a slice of eggplant onto Miles' plate. He hated eggplant, but tonight he wasn't even paying attention to food. Miles' mind was on other matters. Bigger matters. Huge matters. How was your day at school? Fine, Miles told his mother. How was your day at school? Terrible, Principal Barkin told his wife. Horrendous. Catastrophic. A complete and utter nightmare. I was asking Josh, said Mrs. Barkin. Oh, said Josh, fiddling with his steak. Well, pretty much what Dad said. Oh, dear, said Mrs. Barkin. What went wrong? Principal and Josh Barkin said the same thing at the same time. Miles Murphy. How's your homeroom teacher, Miles' mother asked. Fine, Miles said, pushing eggplant around his plate. Her name is Miss Shandy, right? What's she like? Is she nice? She's fine, Miles said. There were too many questions. Miles needed to focus. He was on to something, but his mom wouldn't stop interrogating him. Luckily, Miles had a trick for times like this. How was your day at work, Mom? Miles asked. It was good, Miles, but I'd really like to hear about your... Anything exciting happened, Miles asked. No, nothing particularly exciting happened at work, honey, Miles' mother said. And what did you have for lunch, Mom? Miles asked. Lunch? Um, just a turkey sandwich and a small salad, dear. Now tell me about this Principal Barkin. I think I noticed him standing out on the lawn when I dropped you off. Did, he get, did you get a chance to talk to him? Was he nice? The last thing Miles wanted to talk about was Principal Barkin. What were your customers like, Mom? Miles asked. If there was one subject that could set Miles' mom off, it was her customers. There were always so many of them, and they were always doing so many annoying things. Judy looked out the window and shook her head. Then she looked back at Miles. She sighed. I don't even know where to start, Miles' mother said. Oh, I know. There was, was one this one suit-wearing guy who insisted on cutting to the front of this very long line. And get this. He was on his phone the entire time, right? So I said, sir, if you don't mind, could you please return to your spot in line? Or maybe just consider taking your call outside? And he was staring right at me, but I don't think he heard a word I said, Miles. In fact, I'm sure of it. So I repeated myself, asked him to return to his spot or go outside, but he just stood there completely oblivious. So then, Miles smiled at his eggplant. Well, I certainly had an interesting day, said Mrs. Barkin. When I was at the market... I wasn't finished, said Principal Barkin. Don't you want to know how the car got off the stairs? I mean, when I left off, the car was still on the stairs. Aren't you wondering how Josh and I got home? Oh, said Mrs. Barkin. I hadn't thought of that, but I guess, yes, I do. So first I called the tow truck company and asked them if they could tow me down some stairs. What did they say? I'm getting to that. They said no. Oh, dear. Then I called the police and asked if they could send the helicopter over and lift my car off the stairs. What did they say? Hold on, I'm about to tell you. They said no. Well, that's too bad. And then, finally, I had a brilliant idea. I called the junkyard and I asked to talk to the magnet guy. You know, the guy who has that machine with the giant magnet that lifts cars off the ground and moves them all around? Oh, what a fabulous idea, dear. What did he say? He said no. Well, shucks. Let Dad finish, Mom. Sorry. And so in the end, I just called Bob and asked him if he'd bring the forklift over from the farm and take the car off the stairs. That's wonderful. Why didn't you ask him first? Because Bob has a big mouth, but I made him swear that he wouldn't tell Dad. Barkin's honor. The phone rang, and Mrs. Barkin rose to get it. 
Who is it? asked Principal Barkin. It's your father, said Mrs. Barkin. He said he wants to scold you about the forklift, dear. How did you find out about that? asked Principal Barkin. How did you find out about that? asked Mrs. Barkin. He says Bob told him. And that's how I met Deb, who seems just great, Miles' mother said. I really think we're going to be good friends. She works at the post office, too, one window over from me. She was really helpful. I think we're going to grab soon. Grab dinner soon. She likes nature walks. That's good, Miles said. What about you, honey? Did you make any friends at school today? No. No friends? Were there any nice kids? Potential friends? Nope. The phone rang. Hello? Yes? Yes, it is. Oh, thank you. No, really, that's very kind. Well, you have a nice voice, too. Of course. Hold on. I'll get him. Who is it? Miles asked. He said he's your new friend from school. Miles put his forehead on the table. Principal Barkin put his forehead on the table. Mrs. Barkin laid the phone down next to his ear. Complete and utter disgrace. You are making the Barkins a laughing stock in the community. Do you know how long we've been principals here? There are four generations of Barkin principals, and do you know how many have had their cars parked at the top of a staircase? Principal Barkin was silent. Do you? Zero, said Principal Barkin. That's right, zero. Until today, and not a single one of them until today, has had the entire school walk through their stupid car to get to class, and now I have Bob telling me he had to get his forklift? You know, it makes me think that maybe you have a little too much of your grandfather Jimmy's blood running through you. Now, Father, I have never once canceled school, and it makes me think that maybe your little brother should have been the principal, and you should have been the one running a dairy. Maybe Bob is the one made from real principal material. Principal Barkin groaned. Well, I don't think that's true at all. Why not, Barry? asked Bob Barkin. Bob, said Principal Barkin, why are you on this call? I patched your brother in with three-way calling, shouted Principal Barkin's dad, formal, former Principal Barkin. Hey, bro, said Bob. Sorry I told Dad, but, you know, he asked. So much for Barkin's honor, said Principal Barkin. You want to talk about Barkin's honor, said former Principal Barkin? Today you have besmirched the Barkin honor. This is the worst thing to happen to the Barkin name since your grandfather Jimmy. Well, we won't even talk about that, but we will talk about this. You had better find that prankster, Barry, and make an example of him. Yes, Dad, said Principal Barkin. Give Josh and Sharon my love. Principal Barkin heard his dad hang up. How's your father, asked Mrs. Barkin. I can't believe that little twerp Bob squealed on me, said Principal Barkin. Still here, but Barry, said Bob Barkin. Principal Barkin hung up his phone. His face was a deep indigo. I will destroy Miles Murphy, he said. Judy Murphy put the phone next to Miles's ear. Hi, Miles, said Niles. It's me, Niles, your school buddy. From school? The one with the sash? We sat next to each other? All day today? Yeah, and then you followed me home, said Miles. Technically, I was walking you home, except you were running, and I can't run very fast because of my allergies. Okay, said Miles. Why are you calling? As your buddy, I'm required to call you for a first-day check-in, which takes the form of a brief five-question survey. They make you call with a survey? Yes, said Niles. Well, technically, I created the, the rules for the school buddy program, so I make me call with a survey, but it should be quick and fun. You should be done before dinner. I'm eating dinner. Great. You should be back to dinner in no time, said Niles. Ready? Shoot. 
Hold on a second. I have to put on my sash. You know, official business. There was rustling on the other end of the line. All right, question one. Please answer this. How great was your first day at Yanni Valley Science and Letters Academy on a scale of six to ten? Um, a six, Miles said. Great, a six. Next question. Do you foresee any school buddies turning into real buddies? Um, honestly, I don't think so. We can come back to that one. Question three. Did you park Principal Barkin's car at the top of the stairs? Bye, said Miles. Wait, we didn't get to the essay questions. Bye, Niles. Tell your mother I said bye, said Niles. Miles hung up the phone. He put his forehead back on the table. He closed his eyes. For the 67th time today, Miles wished he'd parked the car at the top of the stairs. And for the 73rd time, he wondered who did. If he didn't establish himself as the school's best prankster, Niles might actually end up being his real buddy. Miles had to do something. Something big. Something huge. May I be excused, he asked. Miles didn't even wait for an answer. He went right up to his room, pulled out his pranking notebook, and wrote, The Birthday Party Prank.